0: Decade in episodes. It's half century.
1: Um, we, we we reached half a decade, forty five episodes ago. Oh
0: yes. Um, okay. so we're doing long. our week seven standout performances. A lot of crazy games. I can tell you, I am very thankful. Our predictions of the Steelers Titans game we were wrong, and I can tell you, I'm yes. very thankful. The Steelers are the only undefeated team left in the NFL. So,
1: yes,
0: it's pretty the, standout baby. Mm hmm. The the well the, the, the long awaited. Colton versus Joe fantasy matchup happened this week and it's not over
1: yet it's not over yet um there's still seven minutes in the fourth quarter for my defense to decide to give up like 50 points in the last seven minutes and put up like negative 30 fantasy points Joe could win so
0: so yeah it was it was really close um for the most part and then at the very end I can you know it was weird but like at the very end I was up by I'm up I was up by like 20 but then Kyla Murray it was Kyla, Kyla Murray. And you had Kyler Murray and you had Jimmy Graham and you had the Rams defense. And I had Kenyon Drake and Kenyon Drake laid in it, basically laid, put up three points. He had 14 runs and put up like three points. Yeah, and I got injured and Kenyon, tra- or not Kenyon, Chase Edmonds came in and did amazing
1: in his place. Yeah, he did great. Kyler Murray um, balled for me, got me a whole 37.
0: Points. I know. Oh, he, wow. he got carried by two players and two players and one play because Kyler Murray. And Devontae Park, Devonta Adams, and then A.J. Brown's one really good yeah. catch. <laughs> Without that, he definitely would have lost. <laughs> I had it. Patrick Mahomes, the below average, 12 points. Kenyon Drake, like I said, put up very low points. Johnny Smith put up low points. But other than that, like all my players are good. Um, my players James Conner with, with 17. Deontay Johnson with 29. Keenan Allen with 25. And the Chiefs defense with 21 points. Yeah. And even Chris Boswell 9 is like above average for a kicker.
1: But... Mine was bad because Ezekiel Elliott put up a whole whopping six points. while Josh Jacobs put up a whole whopping, and Amari you know, Cooper did. Actually, Amari Cooper did okay. He had like ninety yards. My wide receiver was real. Demonte Adams, and um, life was good. It was good.
0: So um, I should be getting the lead. quote. Should be. Yeah. Um, unless some miracle happens, then it's a, it's, it's a victory for you. And this was. Like, probably the one week that I actually had a chance to beat you because your running backs it's so bad. And you have a pretty stacked running back. with You pretty much have two number one running backs with Ezekiel and Josh Jacobs, where I have, like, a lot of good wide receivers, but my wide running backs have been lacking because of injury. And um, mm-hmm. it's like I made all the right starts. I made every single right start. And I just did not match up well. So. one start, I think. No, there were two. I could
1: have started Leonard Cooper uh, special week. And um, we'll get into his expanded role a little bit later. Um, and I didn't start Tyler Boyd, who got 27. It was like 11 receptions for 101 yards and a touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. I've got it written down here somewhere. Um, yeah. But he had a really good week, and he's a guy that we predicted his success. Um, but that was the only start that I made. Those that I made that didn't go well. Um, overall, it was a week. AJ Brown did oh. well. DeMonte Adams bald and um, AJ, and that's about it, I guess. And Murray Cooper was okay. That's that's what I'll say.
0: So there's this, there's this website and you can compare two players and there's, it gives like opinions from like 100 different experts and they compile it all and you can read all the articles and whatever and decide who you want to start. And I was thinking, do I want to start Deontay Johnson, Robbie Anderson, or Travis Volcom? And 101 out of 100 experts said, when comparing us three players to start Robbie Anderson. I started Deontay Jones anyway. I had a hunch. How did hundred
1: and one out of a hundred of them vote for Robbie Anderson?
0: How because Robbie Anderson is the number six wide receiver and he's but
1: you can't have a hundred and one experts vote for
0: a hundred experts. No, I meant I meant a hundred out of a hundred and one. I, I just said uh, okay. it's yeah, it's like for some reason there's like a hundred and one experts, and then a hundred of them said to start Robbie Anderson. And I thought because I thought that big Ben when when Deontay Johnson was coming off of injury, he wanted to get Deontay Johnson going and was gonna give him a lot of targets because Deontay Johnson is obviously really good. And Deontay Johnson can do really good, but he's like been struggling to get connections, So I thought Ben was gonna do it, and I was right. And he had twenty-nine points. Um, but it's really Patrick Mahomes really let me down. Because I don't even know, like he only had one passing touchdown, and there was only there were two rushing touchdowns, but one was in garbage time with Chad Henney. So like I don't even know. What, I don't like I don't even know where all the points came from the Chiefs because the defense put up like well they did a get lot two of, touchdowns. Yeah. It's like it's it's so weird. Like I'm sure if I added it up, like I'm sure they just didn't randomly add points on there. it seems so weird because you no know, one player on the ch- chiefs offense had a really good game, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. weird. I don't know. But I I did not start leaving Bell either. So that was smart. I almost I was thinking about it and I decided against it and that was a good idea because he only put up you three point nine
1: like, points. Bell didn't get like a crazy amount, but um, I saw it was like, Le'Veon Bell had one run with the Jets that was over 16 yards, and his first run with the Chiefs was 16 yards, so like, yeah, yeah. he's going to do a lot better there than he's going to be a pro bowler, and looking like he's going to be the number two back and carries, split in favor of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, at least if things go how they did seven, but um, one of the best complementary backs in the league, probably behind Kareem probably the second, I would say, you could put him over Kareem, I guess, theoretically, but you know, I'd have mine cream on personally. But um, with that, with our fantasy football tan and whatnot, now we get into the news for the week. Um, there's a decent bit because obviously the weekend news get a little more than um. We're going to start off with the one that happened a few days back. So we were born a while ago. Chandler tore his bicep i, believe. I think was, i think it was a torn bicep. he had bicep in Um he's out for this so arizona went out and took initiative to go trade for their pass run. they trade a 2021 sixth round pick to the new york giants for marcus golden who was actually drafted by the arizona Cardinals and now makes his return there to be their number one edge rusher now after the loss of chandler jones um it's a good move i'll get into it there i mean it's obviously he's obviously no chandler jones chandler jones one of on the top two or three edge rushers in this league consensus and Marcus golden consensus is not even on the radar of time, but um, he's a quality and that's really what they need. just someone to kind of keep defense afloat a little bit more so they can not necessarily have to entire defense. um when the best play of your defense goes down, you have a lot of, a lot of plays written up, just basically for the impact that they bring there and relying on that and not obviously they're still going to have to change things, but like, you know, not as much. So Marcus gold, he's a good player. Um, interesting. the Giants did not get much value for him at all. But they're a rebuilding team; he doesn't necessarily fit the timeline, so it doesn't surprise me.
0: I feel like, yeah, I feel like the um, the trade landscape for edge rushers and defensive linemen in general are so off because just a few years we saw ago, or like maybe even last year, we saw Damian Harrison gets traded for like yeah, for like a sixth or fifth round pick, and he was like, he's really good, and I don't like. It's not even like there's a ton of Really good defensive lineman in the league right now. I feel like someone like Marcus Golden is worth more than like a small draft pick. But you know, you do you, and I, I, like that's just something that I find weird. Like I feel like defensive linemen are very are not valued much as far as trades go. Yeah, exactly. But you, but, um, you trade um, first round out of Beckham and stuff. There's
1: some guys that are worth the picks. Khalil Mac, <clears throat> he's worth the picks. Marcus Golden, <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, we reported on an injury last week that Deshaun Jackson had stayed in their game on Thursday Night Football. Yeah, that's true. That that was it. Um, he has officially been placed to reserve. He is eligible to be played at some point this season, but if he's going to play, it's going to be very late. Um, there's not much with that. Obviously, it's a rough season. He goes out in week one or two, uh, misses a few games most of the season, comes back then. In week seven, I believe. Yeah, I think he came back in week seven and was also injured in week seven. And so that's rough. He's played a cumulative .75 games. So it's mm-hmm. rough. He's a guy that's still really explosive and fast in the age that he is right now. But injuries are really getting to him. And um, in his older years of his career, you've definitely started to see some quote-unquote injury concerns with him. So that's that's really rough there for him. And for an Eagles team that has been devastated
0: by injuries the past few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a solid player still. But... He cannot stay on the field to save his life, and that's really sad to see. Yeah, and it's even worse for the Eagles. But yeah, because their number one target continues to be Travis Fulgham, and Ertz when he's on the field, but Ertz isn't on the field anymore. Dallas Goddard is out with an injury, and you know it's like I don't. It's hard to see where the uh, the Super Bowl winning team that was just a few years ago is like gone or injured. <laughs> yeah, and Nagler playing well, and the Raiders. For the Raiders, which we'll get to later. And yeah, that's interesting.
1: See. I, I've stated many times that he should be a starting wide receiver on the team, or at least somewhere in this league, right? Like, he's not, like, there's, we make our jokes about Stonehands Aguilar, but like, he, I think he's just a caliber, a starting caliber wide receiver still. Like, mm-hmm. currently, uh, I, and them, I would obviously, Tyro wasn't injured, like, in a nutshell, like, going into this would be Tyro Williams, Henry Ruggs and Aguilar. Actually, they like their guy, Hunter Renfro, whatever. They like Zay Jones, whatever. It's whatever. I would have been some but that's just the next thing. is A a really interesting young running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Ryquel Armstead. Um, He was placed on the COVID-19 list for the Jaguars. He has reportedly been hospitalized multiple times because of complications with his COVID. And um, because of that, he is expected of the season there in Jacksonville. That's really rough stuff. He was a guy coming in after the release of Leonard Fournette, but a lot of people thought he could actually make a competition for the starting running back spot. Obviously, we see James Robinson got that spot, so none of us really expected to get the spot, to be fair, um, and he's making the most out of it there, but uh, prayers after the young running back, Rykel Armstead, that's the stuff you don't think about because he's you know such a big-name player as a lot of these other guys, so he doesn't get publicized like that but um that's big stuff like when you're playing professional football and in, in a just outbreak pandemic like we are right now or stuff like that's going to happen so uh, prayers up to him and that all goes well with him and that he'll be able to get his his career back on track as a young promising Mm-hmm.
0: the again the situation with the jaguars is so like they're so thin at every position that uh, injuries like that are really rough but yeah yeah
1: um, so after that is some interesting news, right? So as the trade deadline is approaching ever so quickly, I guess, um, the Dallas Cowboys, we know, is one of the worst deep that we've seen in a long, long, long time. Um, they're putting one of their better players, Ray Block. Um, Iverson Griffin, defensive end uh, from Minnesota, went to Dallas this offseason. They were making him available for a trade report, which is really strange to me because as a team that um, is not able to produce a lot of pressures this season in Dallas, um, you would think that one of the two players on the team that actually is in pressures, they would really stress the importance of having him. But he's, whatever, I guess. I mind it because from the standpoint of this season, it's like they're not winning anything. They know they're not winning anything without their quarterback. And we don't even know if Andy Dalton's going to be playing for however long he's in concussion protocol right now after a nasty hit from Bostick. Dallas, when you go into a game with Ben DiNucci as your starting quarterback, you go in a game and you're expecting to lose that game. Um, they put up three whole points on the Washington football team. They're not a good team. Maybe they look at it and they're like, "We suck. Who can we get value from?" It's not of importance in moving forward. And I guess they determined Iverson Griffin was that guy. But um, no news yet on a Um They were calling for the Seattle Seahawks to. That's probably my destination that I would want them to go. But, um, no, no, so there's no news where he's going right now, but he is on the trade block and down there in Dallas, whatever.
0: I won't question it. Any pass rusher is going to be rumored to go to Seattle just because they're so good as it is, and then with a better defense, the team would be, like, that's their, they're lacking on the defensive side of the ball. So, basically, any defensive playmaker is going to be rumored to go to Seattle. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so, here
1: comes some news that will affect your fantasy sad days for you i guess um Kenyon drake is expected to miss a few weeks with a slight ankle ligament tear um importantly the cardinals are treating it like a high ankle sprain so we're not exactly sure in the table a few two weeks it could mean eight weeks right high ankle sprains you know, whatever we've seen guys get high ankle sprains and come back in two weeks you we saw guys like last season when barkley get a high ankle, not come back for like six to eight weeks um so we're we don't really know what's going to go on there. A, f- a few weeks, like they're saying, kind of implied that it's not that bad. But, you know, obviously, slight ankle ligament tear sounds really bad. But I'm no medical professional. Whatever.
0: Yeah. Kenyan Drake, uh, yeah, I traded for him. And he had a good week. And I was super excited. And then they are playing Seattle the next week. And Seattle doesn't have a great rush, like a great front seven there. So I expected him to have another good week. And then he, he yeah, he laid like, an egg. And that's sad. But. Um, I, he's still getting tons of attempts. Some i expecting him to just like break out at some point, but it's not happening. And I'm afraid if he's if he's gone with injury, they're gonna, Chase Edmonds is going to come in and he's going to play well. And then when Kenyon Drake comes back, they're not going to care anymore. They're not going to give him any touches.
1: <laughs> That's not a crazy thought. <laughs> um, yeah, and you really
0: mentioned you mentioned it before that you think Kenyon, that you mean that Edmonds, uh, that Chase Edmonds could be running back one or the Arizona Cardinals before the end of the year, and it seems as though there's a chance it could come true. So that's a great take by Mr. Tapas.
1: Yes, sir. Full of them full of them. Um, Another piece of injury news here. The most injury-riddled team, I guess, I won't say like that much more injury-riddled than the Eagles, but the 49ers, Tebow Samuel just came back if you go off of injured again. He's got a hamstring injury, and he is likely to be out for the that's rough thing, mean, I guess. Brandon Ayuk, who had a really good game this week, is gonna have to fill in in some bigger shoes, I guess. And this is a team that you see like throws to the receivers less than really like any other team league is obviously number one guy's a tight end and of the more rush heavy offenses that we've seen. Um so you know, the wide receivers are less important in that offense than a lot of other ones. But losing your number one receiver is never a good thing. Um, especially when Jimmy Garoppolo is coming off some rough weeks. Um not the greatest thing, in Francisco, but injuries are going to happen. It's rough there for Debo, rough there for them, but it's a two-week end. It could be worse at least.
0: Yes, it could. It doesn't seem like they're struggling at the moment. <laughs> really, they played one of the better defenses in the Patriots. They did not. They were not phased whatsoever. Yes.
1: Um, no. Two more injury news just to end this off. The first one: D.D. Westbrook, wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars, is FCL. Um, that's really rough for him, as he's been their number two wide receiver for a long time. Now. Um, look for some more targets to go to the rookie Lavise, and then the two complementary receivers, Keelan Cole and Chris Conley, down there in Jacksonville. Um, it's rough there for them, like that. It's like we don't necessarily talk about the impact as much because they're not a winning football team, and they're not a team that's really aspiring to. Win. Um, so I, it's going to open up some targets. I really like. I just as a player and Chris Conley as well, honestly, I'm not a science Chanel you know, as a lot of people, but deal with that information as you will. Uh, uh, DJ Chark, my main man, obviously gets his targets. No wonder there, but we'll see how we'll see how things open up. Garner Minshew's been relatively efficient, more efficient than we expected Garner Minshew to be, so we'll see what happens there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Maybe the, the last ball. piece we know that you've all been waiting, Odell Beckham G, um The big piece that has happened. Odell Beckham officially torn his ACL and will be out for the year of the season, and that is a big. Um, honestly, I'll get into so. Just start off with they're five and two, playing some relatively good football. They had a really good week last week. Baker had a good week, and that's a team that's rolling. But they just never won a receiver. In, you know, fringe off teners in the league. It's rough for that team, and they 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 got a few injuries. Obviously, Nick Chubb should be back relatively, and we'll see when he's able to come back. But Odell Beckham Jr. is a big injury. He's a really good footballer. It's right. these injuries piling up with him the past few years and the production kind of taking a toll there and people not really realizing just how good Odell Beckham Jr. is. But something that's interesting to me is I've seen a lot of people saying that Odell Beckham Jr. make Baker Mayfield more efficient. And I'm not actually hundred. I'm not convinced that that's false. Um, when you look back to it, obviously his rookie season where he was almost one offensive rookie of the year he did not have Odell Beckham. He had Jarvis Lynch, extremely efficient, obviously. And we look at him and we're like, all right, he's going to be one of the better young quarterbacks moving forward. And then he, was, um, as he gets Odell Beckham Jr. for the first season, and I don't know what happens. He feed him too much, whatever it is. Um, and he's, he takes a dip, and he has amazingness in overall. We can agree to that. But then Odell Beckham from the very first play of their game versus the Cincinnati Bengals. And immediately, Baker Mayfield has a really good game after he's gone. Like, he, he throws the pick on the first play Odell's I was there, trying to force it to Odell. <laughs> and Odell gets injured, right? And then after that, what happens? He goes for injured yards and five touchdowns after that with Jarvis Landry as the starting wide receiver, one. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and be like, they don't need Odell, Odell's and Baker's going to be better without Odell. But I am interested to see how Baker performs without Odell Baker, as obviously, historically, he's been a little bit more efficient no, I don't that could be pure coincidence. I'm not sure, but um we'll see. That's something I'll be interested to look at moving forward.
0: I'm gonna say no, I bet Odo Beckham Jr. is traded or released before the beginning of next season. I'm gonna say it. he just he doesn't seem happy there. He seems disgruntled, his production is bad, he's suffering an injury, nothing like that is can can just upset a player. And if they play well without him, then I think that's gonna give Cleveland the confidence to move on without him. Odubekum Jr. So that's my prediction.
1: Yeah, it depends on what you can get for him. I think if they're going to get like what a lot of these people are getting for receivers, where it's like fourth round, 2021 20, pick, just keep him. Unless, unless you know Baker is doing so amazingly without him, because management's like, I don't want Odubekum Jr. He's probably <laughs> not, because I don't see any team giving up like a first round pick or anything. Maybe a release could be something that goes on. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. So that taps off, the, and now we are getting into hour and uh month sunday games so we have monday night football on currently right now so we will be uh, there's a minute 42 left we will be able to analyze that at the end of this episode we'll just do that last so now we get into it we already um went the thursday night football or, or did we no we didn't yeah we, oh we, we did we, uh, yeah we 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 did we because uh, i remember talking about richard so um yeah now we get into the sunday games i guess then i'll start her off here with the game that obviously we were watching mainly on at 1 p.m. The Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers, a game that we both predicted incorrectly and a game that we are both very happy predicted incorrectly, we both said the Titans are various reasons. And the Pittsburgh Steelers came out here and did it 24 to 27 in favor of the Steelers. This is a really interesting game because it's one where um, Pittsburgh absolutely dominated the first half, but Tennessee absolutely dominated the second half. And it's just kind of like two completely different games out here. Um, Tennessee has an opportunity in the final seconds to kick a field goal to take it to overtime. Steven Gostkowski misses the field goal. He's been really shaky this season overall, um, and Pittsburgh wins it. So we're going to have our top performers, Pittsburgh. We've got James Conner, 20 attempts for 82 yards. Gigi Smith-Schuster, nine receptions, 85 yards. Deontay Johnson, nine receptions, 80 yards, two touchdowns. Vince Williams, 10 tackles, a sack, and two tackles for loss. continues to lead the league in tackles for loss. Fun fact. Well, actually, no. I think T.J. Watt leads it now because he has five tackles for one sack and three tackles for loss in this game, and a pass defended. So, does that bring T.J. to the leader? I'm not sure. I can look it up. Yeah, I think, uh, I think now maybe T. tackles for loss. I think one of those. Well, those two were like one and two respectively. They were both top three last as of last week. But um, yeah, Big Ben was able to spread that ball around. Justu had one of his better games because, for whatever reason, Tennessee decided to double chase Claypool for a large portion of that game, you when know, yeah, I'm yeah, but they're,
0: they're tied. They both have 12, actually. Okay, Ooh. but they have to one at the top. So there you go, there you go. Teams before V. Like, he blew up Derrick Henry so many times. Like, oh my god! Vince Williams is not scared of <laughs> of Derrick Vince Henry. Vince
1: Williams fears no man in the running game. That is in the running game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Big Bang got the ball spread around. Juju got a lot of stuff. Jace Claypool, Deontay Johnson was able to come back and absorb a lot of targets there. So Ray Ray because he had some amazing returns. And just he's an overall really spectacular player. It's like every time Ray Ray McLeod has the ball in his hands, they could go for um he, He's a really good player. And then for Tennessee, we're going to have Ryan Tannehill with 220 yards and two touchdowns. Derek Henry, 20 attempts for 75 yards and a touchdown. A.J. Brown, player of the game here, six receptions, fifty-three yards and a touchdown. Best player in this game. It doesn't look like Joe. I I, don't know, because
0: it's literally just the one play. I swear it was just the one play, that he had like a 94-yard catch.
1: It was the one (laughs) play. He had like a 75 or like a 70-yard touchdown, but like also, apart from like 70 yards, this isn't like terrible, like he's still, you know, like James Conner's first week, like, like he had the one crazy run, which put him over 100 or I guess that was week two. But we still didn't prepare for our game. Like AJ Brown out of beast. And then the last guy we have is Jay on eight tackles and interception. Four passes defended for him. He was just flying around the field everywhere. But an amazing game there. Pittsburgh probably had to pick one.
0: Um yeah, it's definitely close. Yeah. I'm I have to apologize to AJ Brown if he is listening to the show. I'm just upset, maybe lose a fantasy matchup and against against the co host himself. But I have to get him. <laughs> now, I'll get in to a very interesting game, right, might I say. This was not a game I got to, to watch in person, right? I watched a lot of highlights and saw many memes about it. Lions versus Falcons. The team, got to see who can choke the hardest. <laughs> the Lions won 23 to 22. Matthew Stafford threw for 340 yards and a touchdown. DeAndre Swift had nine attempts for 27 yards and a touchdown. Caught four receptions for, 120, for not 121, 21 yards. Kenny Galladay cut six receptions for 114 yards. Jermaine Kurse had six tackles leading the day. Matty Ice threw for 338 yards and a touchdown. Todd Gurley had 23 attempts for 63 yards um, and two rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown. And we saw he's the fir- one of the first players in NFL history to have a game losing touchdown where he sh- he went down and tried to go down, but... Accidentally went into the end zone, scored the touchdown, and not allowed the Lions to get that go ahead touchdown at the very end and win. And that's certainly not something you're going to see very often. But yeah, the Falcons tucker. find ways every game. To,
1: that's like the Falcons are always against a game. That's just how it is, right? Like, how many times do you find a way to lose the game and losing that, that way is by scoring a touchdown? Like, not very often do you ever see anything like that.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, not for the defense. Jason Jones hey, oh that's that's another another uh, receiver there. Holy Jones. <laughs> I was thinking of someone else. Eight receptions for for 97 yards. Um and then Keanu Neal, 10 tackles and a sack. So a good day there on the defensive side of the ball, um, as far as tackles go. But this was just a weird game. They're not the two teams that are have a below average, but the two teams that we both liked, but then had not the record does not show how good I think their team is. I was. I think we both predicted the Falcons. No, I predicted the Lions to win. You predicted the Falcons to win. So I actually got this right. Um,
1: I always. You always are gonna have You always have better records
0: of this stuff. <laughs> we're, we're almost always like really similar though. Um, last week you creamed me in record. I only I had a seven and seven record last week. I noticed that. I did not notice that. It, it's interesting. It's very interesting. This game, it, like I said, was not one I got to, I got to watch firsthand, but um, it definitely was like it's a good game. But I feel like it was. A, the football peers definitely enjoyed this game. It wasn't too much defense. It wasn't too much offense. Um, you got to see some interesting plays that you don't get to see too often with yeah. Todd Gurley scoring a touchdown. Um, so That's it's probably, top, probably the third best game of the week, in my opinion, um, yeah. unless I'm forgetting one. But so, you know, it's not the, a score differential of one point either. So Yeah, yeah, good game, good game.
1: Um, so this next one I have is... Um, Dallas and Washington is a really interesting scenario here. Obviously, Andy Dalton comes as the starter. Final score is 3.25 in favor of the Washington football team. Surprisingly enough, we both obviously predicted Dallas to win. Um, we saw Andy Dalton get knocked out with a shot to the head by linebacker John Bostic. Um, a dirty shot. Bostic was immediately ejected. Um, and Ben DiNucci comes in as the starting quarterback plays not so well. Um, and they get destroyed by the Washington football team. Um, top performers are going to have Amari Cooper here, the only top performer for Dallas, seven receptions for 80 yards. And then for Washington, we're going to have Kyle Allen, 94 yards and two touchdowns. The rookie running back, Anthony Gibson, with the best game of his career so far, 20 attempts for 128 yards and a touchdown. Scary Terry McLaurin, seven receptions, 90 yards and a score. And then Cole Holcomb, um, puts up four tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss, an interception, and a pass defended. And you saw the um, video of him just absolutely lighting up as a crazy thing there from him. But Dallas isn't a really weird where It's like, I don't think, I think they're a talented football team. But now they're, they lost their quarterback, Dak, obviously. And they had one of the best backup quarterbacks, and they lost him. So they're under the third string quarterback. Obviously, Andy Dalton will be back at some point this season, but he was looking not very good filling in for Dak Prescott there. So, this was a game I expressed last week. Um, this would be a great experience for, for Andy Dalton to be able to come in and really get his team. And they can actually start to get a feel for the difference between an Andy Dalton led offense and a Dak Prescott led offense. But obviously, he gets knocked out early. They get destroyed by Washington. And I don't even like know. I don't know what to say here about Dallas. They're in a really strange scenario where they have a talent, but with, without a quarterback. But the defense looks sucky. It's like they have Zeke and three great receivers. The, their offensive line is really banged up, but it's usually amazing. And they got a—I don't even know where Dallas is. So I, I could not tell you the position that the Dallas Cowboys are in at this point, but they're in a strange—that's all I can say.
0: They're, very, they're in a very—they're very polarizing football team. They need defense so bad, but it's not like they're often— they, they weren't able to win with Dak anyway. So I don't think it's like, that. Is Dak coming back and solve all their problems? No, they need defense. Um, And they—you don't. <laughs> you know, yeah, they're obviously—Dallas is always a big spender in free agency— but um, it, the loss of Byron Jones was a big one. And, if, yeah. you know, they won't Dak because Dak has proved that he was really good. Um, yeah. But then that just means he was less capped for the defense there. So they're in a very interesting spot. Um, they're certainly going to have a hard time figuring that one out. But on to the next game, Buccaneers versus Writers. The Buccaneers won humongous by a large margin of 25 points, 45-20. Tom Brady had his best game of his Buccaneers career learned for 269 yards. Nice. Four touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. Interestingly enough, Scotty Miller, the poster boy of of uh Miller. wide receivers. Colton could be Scotty Miller out there yeah. <laughs> for 109 yards and a touchdown. Chris Godwin had nine receptions for 88 yards. So pretty good day there for him. Devin White had nine tackles and a forced fumble. So Devin White continues to have a great year. Nelson Aguilar, as we mentioned, um is playing probably some of the best football of his career. Maybe he probably he might have played better whenever the Eagles went to the Super Bowl, but he was the wide receiver two there. He's basically playing as the wide receiver one in Oak not Oakland anymore, in uh Las Vegas there. Vegas. He that's the number one wide receiver, caught five receptions for 107 yards, one touchdown, and Travon Mullen, eight tackles. So this was just complete and total domination. And it, you know, yeah. we mentioned Leonard. I didn't actually write down because I didn't think he didn't have a lot of yards, but he'd have a touchdown. Um, so I probably should have read I didn't. Leonard Fournette did have an expanded role. He was our number one running back and it was pretty clear. Ronald Jones also rushed for a touchdown. So very ba- it was a pretty balanced day. Like touchdowns. Yeah. There's touchdowns around. We yeah, we saw Scotty Miller catch one. So yeah, I'm pretty sure they put in the backup. Anyway, I think they put in the backup, and uh, it's for Very Tampa cool. Bay. Very cool. I didn't like to that game. i um, I thought I saw. I think they threw in. Um, what's his name? Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert. Oh, <laughs> I thought. Mentioned. I thought. He made, I thought he made the funniest joke on the on the NFL Instagram account when they reported they signed Blaine Gabbert. I said signing old wash quarterbacks is a Buccaneers thing, and you were the only person that liked the the comment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> I
0: support. Oh yeah. But I, I, I thought that was I thought that was comedy gold. You it was com- comedy, it was comedy gold. It was comedy gold. It's okay. I it post, I commented too too late. I was commenting stuff too late, and then at that point, like no one's just scrolling through the comments of Blink Gabbert signing post on Instagram. <laughs> so <that is> what <laughs> whenever
1: it was, I see it, but... since I'm like following, whenever, it comes up first whenever I look at it. So it's easy likes, easy likes. <laughs> the next game here, um, Buffalo and the New York Jets. It was a boring game. 18 to 10 Buffalo, and I don't know what's going on with the Buffalo Bills, man. Like, they go from scoring like 30 points per game, and then they come out here, face the worst team in the league, and win by one score. Like, what's what's the deal with that? Um, I don't understand it. Josh Allen didn't throw a single touchdown or rush. Um, there's two top players in the games only, and they're both on Buffalo. We're gonna have Cole Beasley. 11 receptions for 112 yards. And then Jerry Hughes, six tackles, two sacks, a tackle for loss, an interception, pass defended, and a forced fumble. He comes out here and gets the trio, a de- sack, forced fumble, interception. Not often do you see that happen. Um, and, yeah, Buffalo takes this win. Donald didn't have a good game. He did come back as the starter, though, in the Jets stocked. You can expect from them, but, like, Buffalo did not put up the they should have. Versus such an abysmal defense. Um, I definitely would have expected Buffalo to come out with a little bit of a loss to the um, Kansas City Chiefs. But they did not come out here really looking good. And that's something that worries me with Buffalo moving forward. They started off super hot as one of the best teams in the league. And you can definitely see them starting to slowly cool down at this point.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Josh Allen has not looked the same in the past three weeks. It is maybe. Maybe even. Maybe just the last two weeks, but either way, he hasn't looked he doesn't look as like almost as ready. I, I saw I saw some of this game, and it doesn't seem like he's like maybe not as prepared. It's hard to say.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, he's like before he was like playing really well, and I feel like he's lost some of his confidence. Unlike the next quarterback, who's absolutely booming with confidence, his long flowing hair, the air bear, Justin Herbert. The air bear. The air, the air bear. bear. I like it. <laughs> he threw for 343 yards, three touchdowns, and he rushed for one. He led the Chargers in rushing yards this week. Keenan Allen is having a great year so far, probably the best game of the of his uh, year so far. Ten receptions, 125 yards. Rashawn Jenkins, cornerback, actually. So defensive back, leads the day with tackles. Seven tackles, props to him. And the Jags, although they put up 29 points, r- there weren't a lot of, like, Gardner Minshew didn't do great. There wasn't any many receivers that did great. I think Laviska Shenault had two receptions and like 59 yards and loved the day receiving. So it wasn't like there was no great receiver. But James Robinson did have a good day and 22 attempts, 119 yards and a touchdown. So interesting to see. But James Robinson, you know, I oh, I feel bad for Tyra Taylor because we both kind of liked him going. We liked him coming into the year. And then, because of something completely out of his control, he lost his his job. And he's going to be, in all likelihood, it will be a backup for an NFL team next year. Or just be roaming the streets as a person that used to be a playoff-caliber quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. (laughs) I think he'll
1: be in the league. I'm sure someone will want him as a backup if he's willing to take it. It's rough for him to, obviously, have such a bad situation gets benched for. But, like, also... Like, the Chargers made the right move. Like, Justin Herbert's absolutely balling. Like, he's putting up amazing stats as a rookie right now. I, by no means expected. I thought he was a project guy that definitely was going to need another year to, like, before he's ready to be a starting quarterback, like what we see from a lot of the guys. But he just came in in his first year, backed up Tyron Taylor for, like, two or three games, and now is just putting up stats of one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And he's just been a beast. So, props, are, so, props to the air bear, I guess.
0: Can we safely say that Tyron Taylor is a quarterback, like, one of the... is a great mentor... QB mentor at this point. He mentored Baker Mayfield. Um, he and Josh Allen were in the same place for, like, a little bit. They I don't, I don't think he... they probably never even met. Um, and now... You see Justin Herbert playing well behind Tyra, Well, quotes behind Tyro Tyra Taylor. So, yeah. so if you're if you're drafting Tyro um, Trevor Lawrence, do you sign Tyra Taylor? Maybe. Nah. <laughs> Guaranteed. The, the number one overall pick starts with one. That's just how it works. At all, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, at this point, I think Justin Herbert is probably edging out um, Joe Burrow just a little bit as far and like in my mind, just because yeah. he's like oh I'll, definitely, well, but.
1: It's like expert. I think I think Burrow is like a better prospect, as a football player. Like I think Burrow is a better football player, but he's in such a bad s- situation. It's like okay, well, Justin Herbert's doing way better and having a way better season because he's in such a better scenario than him with obviously a true star receiver, a good offensive line, good running back, and just a solid organized. Um, apart from a good running back, Joe Burrow has so. Yeah. You, you, you know, do with that as you. I think Burrow forward. I think he's a better prospect. But this season, man, Joe Justin Herbert's
0: balling, and I'm not absolutely stellar season. So. Uh, yeah, he is. But I do This is another game that it's like I could the the Jaguars were definitely getting beaten down a lot more than the score looks. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So now we get into another close game. Scores we had Carolina versus New Orleans, twenty-four to twenty-seven. Final score in favor of the Saints. Really, really close game there, and it was a really good one. Teddy B, Teddy, two gloves, Bridgewater. Throws for 254 yards and two touchdowns, so an efficient game for him. DJ Moore, four receptions, 93 yards, two touchdowns. Drew Brees has 287 yards three total touchdowns. One of the rare games where you see Drew Brees get a rushing touchdown. That is not very often. Um, And then Alvin Kamara, 22 touches, 148 yards, um, so... Good game for them, and it was a really cool 24 to 27 for like the entire fourth quarter. I don't think any points were scored there, but the Saints got off to an early lead. They were able to kind of close the gap a little bit, but when and Teddy Bridgewater had a, one of the better games in his career. Drew Brees had a really one of the better games of season for him, and um, it was just a really close one there. I liked how much Carolina was able to stay in this. I like that New Orleans was able to put up such a good game without. Michael Thomas or me coming into this game where their wide receivers, their starting wide receivers are stinking, I don't even, Juan Smith and, I guess, Deontay Harris. So, not a good room there for them. But they were able to get her done versus the Panthers. And, uh, yeah, that's all really there is to this one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that game is, like, definitely, I feel like this is a game that's not talked about very much. Um, as, like, as far as the analysis I've seen, it's just been one day, as we're recording this on Monday, but, um him. It's definitely it a deep analysis in the past one day. <laughs> anyway, let's get down to business here. 49ers versus Patriots. The rematch of Jimmy Garoppolo versus his former team. And he came out and balled out. The whole 49ers team balled out. Well, he didn't really ball out that much. But the whole, the, ball, the team in general did ball out. Um, for some reason, I did not write the score of this game. But it was like 49-6. to Cam Newton got benched for Jared I Stidham. They
1: 33...
0: Yeah, I think it was 33-6. Yeah, so um, an absolute domination there. Jimmy Garoppolo, 277 yards, no pass touchdowns. But Jeff, he didn't need it. Jeff Wilson, just one of their sure. running backs. I got 17 attempts, 112 yards, and three touchdowns. Crazy day. Sadly, he puts um, up
1: such an amazing day and then gets injured and carted off. the.
0: Yeah, so it's like, I don't even know Jeff Wilson was on the team. I don't keep up with the 49ers too much. Brandon Ayuk caught all of his six targets today for 115 yards. Jamar Taylor. So, there was a lot of interceptions. There was five. There's five. I think, there, I think there was five interceptions on the day. Um, four coming from Cam and one from Jared I'm I sure. Think, I, know I'm, Cam, I know Cam had three interceptions. I uh, want to say Cam. Yeah, and- I do. There was a ton of interceptions um, coming from many a player. But Jamar Taylor had two and three tackles. So, I threw him. Um, as the defensive player of the game, yeah. As I mentioned, Cam got benched, um, and uh, there were no got no one played well on the offense, but on the defense, there was Jonathan Jones who had seven tackles, and uh, Devin McCourtney with six tackles and one interception. So, solid game for them. It was to no avail though, as they got obliterated. Yes, yes, and something that.
1: For whatever reason, everyone was predicting the the Patriots to win that game, and me and you both knew that they were taking Jimmy G was not letting yeah. that slip out of his grips. And I've said it a million times in the past few weeks: the Patriots are just an overrated football team at this point. They're they, they're a losing team right now, and I understand that you know Cam Newton is not that bad of a quarterback. But like, sit down and look at Cam's stats and realize the three touchdowns. Like, come on, he's like he's not like a star caliber quarterback anymore. He's not.
0: He's not like in the right system for him either. There's absolutely yeah. no like receivers. I understand like
1: that a Bill Belichick team is always dangerous, but like they're not like people were really saying they had one of the highest odds to come out of the AFC and stuff like that's ridiculous. That that's just plain stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, this next game, either, Green Bay versus Houston. We saw Green Bay kind of lay an egg versus the Buccaneers, while they came back this week and with a thirty-five to twenty victory, looking like their old selves. Aaron Rodgers comes in 138 yards and four touchdowns for him. A really good game there. Um, Jamal Williams, in place of the injured Aaron Jones, comes in 23 touches for 114 total yards. And an absolutely amazing game for Adams, who puts up 13 receptions for 196 yards and two touchdowns. One of the best games of this season for a wide receiver. Maybe the second best game this season by a receiver. Only second. Um, And then... For Houston, we're going to have Deshaun Watson, 309 yards, two touchdowns, and the 38 rushing. And we're going to have Randall Cobb with eight receptions, 45 yards there for him, the leading receiver for Houston, which is something that not a lot of us would have expected. Um, so, yeah, Green Bay came out looking like the Packers of earlier this season, averaging a crazy enough points. And last season, I don't know what happened, they got up a quick 10 0 lead. Decided that he wanted to air thrust a few times, and then it all went downhill from there. But he came back and had himself a really good, really efficient game there, um, mainly to Devontae Adams, who's absolutely having a beastly season when he's able to stay on the field. This, week. so um, I like the fight they can put up with; it's more than I expected them to put up. But um, you can't you can't count to Sean Watson out of a game. But Green Bay was still able to put the smack to so There you go.
0: I I knew this was I knew this was going to be a good game for, for Rodgers. I could just tell the way he, he looked defeated after the game. I heard him on the Pat McAfee show. He comes on the Pat McAfee, Mac, Pat McAfee show a lot. He was talking. He was sad. The things that went wrong. He already knew it was, he knew it was up. He knew it was what he had to do. Go back to that winning form. Um, and On to the next, I guess. Chiefs-Broncos AFC West matchup there. Chiefs no big surprise here. Absolutely blew out the Broncos in a snowy, snowy game, 43-16. Patty M only threw for 200 yards, which is low for him. Threw a TD to um Tyreek Hill. Clyde Edwards Hilaire had 800 for 46 yards and a touchdown. Um Chase Henney. I mean, not Chase Henny, uh correct, but Chad Henney also had, like I mentioned, a garbage time rushing touchdown. Um Jeremy Sprinkle had a one hundred and two yard kick return touchdown, but it was the, the story of the game was Jeremy a Chiefs Spr-
1: defense. Oh it's Jeremy Pringle.
0: Oh Pringle. Jeremy uh, Sprinkle
1: is a tight end on the Washington <laughs> football team. I don't even know if you knew that or if you just said the name wrong I, that Jeremy Sprinkle was actually a player.
0: No, I think it, it autocorrected again. And then um I already knew it was a guy so it didn't even like seem off to me. But obviously I didn't know I didn't know that Jeremy Sprinkle existed. But um <laughs> The, the game. The name of the game was the Chiefs' defense that played immaculately. Daniel Sorensen had the game of his career: seven tackles Sorry. for a cornerback. That is, and I'm pretty sure he's a safety actually. Um, Harrison Butker kicked for a hundred for no <laughs> for thirteen yards, thirteen points, and he even had a missed extra <laughs> point, so he still he almost had fourteen points in the game um, for Bronco for the Broncos. Albert Akuagnaba. Like a tight say, end, whatever you say.
1: It.
0: I, yeah, um, he had seven receptions for sixty yards. He led the day, and AJ Johnson had seven tackles and a forced fumble for the Broncos. So This was just a beatdown, and I think everyone expected this. Um, yeah. I did not expect this fashion, though, where the because the Chiefs are not known for their defense, but their defense came down and it came out and absolutely shut down the Broncos. Okay. You saw Bradley Chubb get some pressure. Um, he got a lot of pressures, but he didn't. I did not. Turn out to be a lot of sacks. He did not like. it, it didn't um yeah. a lot of sacks. So it's still, it still was a, it was a good game for him because with if it was Von Miller. I think it might be. It wouldn't have been a different story and outcome of the game. I think I've been closer to it because Von Miller is a game record. Yes, yes. <laughs> number, defensive player of the year and the number three edge rusher. <laughs> hmm, interesting. see <laughs> uh, that. Some of my, like when, well, oh, it was we recorded the NFC. We East predictions super late, and like not our bold predictions are like records and stuff. And I didn't write them down beforehand, like what I thought. So I was just sitting there and I was like, "Oh, Dallas is the best um, team. I think they're the best team in the division, but not by that much." So I'll give them twelve and four, and then the Eagles ten and six. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that an interesting was, take. I I I put it to Dallas like mid seven I don't Yeah, know, you you were more you you. I was I was so surprised. I was like, really had the. NFC East they're all they all have bad predictions I'm like, like they all have bad records and I'm like that's so weird but it's turning out to be real but you it's not you don't even it's even worse than you predicted so
1: oh uh, yeah the winner of that division is not getting no, no wins <laughs>
0: um <laughs> know, like, it'll be bad
1: it'll be bad but um it's gonna be eagles uh-huh. at
0: this point as the eagles yeah
1: like the Eagles are like Washington has a legitimate division. Wow. How? That That's something we never thought we would be saying coming in. But obviously, Philly's the favorite. But if Washington takes this division, entirely surprised. Yeah, I'm good. not going to be bothered. Yeah. Um, but I guess we, the next game, a really good game, even versus Cincinnati, comes down to the wire. Baker Mayfield throws an interception on the first play of the game where Odo Beckham tore his ACL on that play. And then he goes on a mission after that, throwing 497 yards and five touchdowns. A really amazing game there for him. Um, Kareem Hunt, 21 touches, 102 total yards and a touchdown. Rashard Higgins operating, I guess, as number two receiver now. Six receptions for 110 yards. Harrison Bryant, the third string tight end, four receptions, six yards, two touchdowns. Comes into this game as the second string tight end as Austin Hooper was injured. Um, And Miles Garrett, three tackles, two sacks, a tackle for loss, and a forced fumble. And then for Cincinnati, we have Joe Burrow, 406 yards and four total touchdowns in one pick. An absolutely crazy game considering his garbage offense versus Cleveland's really good defensive line. Um, And then Tyler Boyd gives 11 receptions for 101-yard and touchdown. This is a really amazing game. You saw Baker take lead the game-winning drive down there and then throw a really crazy pass to, I believe, it was T. Higgins, if I'm not mistaken. But um, it, it was just a really crazy game. No, no, no! I'm stupid. T. Higgins on that team. That's what like I thought. Baker threw was... the pass. I don't even know who he threw in, But no, no, I knew it. It was Donovan Jones, a sixth round rookie, um, who had an amazing combine. His first catch of his NFL career was, um, the game winning catch versus the the Bengals, where Baker Mayfield threw him a crazy like kind of like a toe tap catch. I don't really know. It's like a dropped it in the basket, but like falling backwards toe tap. However, he described that. But um. Donovan Peoples Jones's first NFL catch and he will not forget for a long time. And normal Browns fans, as they take this W, thirty-seven to thirty-four, put up a points. Baker does this, and that was just a really good game, fun game to watch.
0: Baker Mayfield, I was there was some NFL announcer that said this, and then he had to go back and like apologize because he was like, a, he's like he put a foot in his mouth because he didn't mean to say it this way. It was that Baker Mayfield like only plays his best whenever he has like that chip on his shoulder? He's playing a another Heisman winner or another high. Uh, yeah. Guy. like that's only when he brings out his best um and then he had to like come back and apologize he didn't say it. He, i'm paraphrasing that's basically what he said that he was like baker mick then he's like that but you know baker mickville got to the nfl because of the chip on his shoulder and like, you fight so hard and he's got a different level of drive than a lot of different players and he had to kind of yeah. apologize um but i think it's true <laughs> to like an extent <laughs> you don't see baker
1: mickfield it's just true when he faces a friend in cincinnati Bengals. You know. but that's about it
0: yeah i don't know it was interesting, but it was—I don't know—it's it's, a—a game that I feel like the Browns should have won by more. But yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean, Joe Burrow had—he that I wanted was to win that so bad. Just Joe Burrow was having such a big game. Obviously, Baker had a great game as well. But you see a rookie quarterback come up and throw for four hundred and six yards and four touchdowns. That's when okay, this guy is the real
0: deal. So um, yeah. And on to my last predict game. Not my last prediction. My last standout player game here: Seahawks versus Cardinals. Top two game of the week. Okay, we man, that this card- is the game
1: of the week. I take back what I said. See, this is the game of the week.
0: This was nonstop action. Um, one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver performances I've ever seen, Kyla, um, but the see, Cardinals still won. Cardinals won thirty-seven to 20, 34 Kyler Murray had a great game. Um, three hundred sixty yards three passing touchdowns, and the game-winning passing touchdown. He threw an interception rush for 67 yards and another rush touchdown. And, you know, D, D-Hop did his thing, 10 receptions for 103 yards and a touchdown. Um, Christian Kirk had five receptions for only 37 yards, but two touchdowns. So good for him. Sure. Chase Sudden, for, I like, every time I do these, I was to mention this, Chase Sudden had, a, like, a minimal, like, he didn't have many yards on the ground. But receiving out of the back, Field, he's like impeccable he got all of the seven targets out of the backfield for 87 yards that is an average of 12.7 yards per catch which is like okay. crazy um so Buda Baker put up 11 tackles in interception where he ran back 90 yards where he was he was like 20 yards away from anyone and DK Metcalf cut up to him with the crazy crazy tackle um where DK Metcalf yeah. reached like speeds of 22 miles per hour um it, it's a hilarious feat and the Cardinals came away and, like, didn't get any points off that. So it was well worth it for DK McCass putting that extra effort. Russell yeah. Wilson had a great game, 388 yards, three touchdowns, and three interceptions, which is, un, un you know, you don't see that happen a lot from him for those three interceptions. Um, Tyler Lockett, as I admit, as this is the, the wide receiver, probably the best. I've seen, you know, Antonio Brown's had great games. Willie Jones had great games. Um, but this is crazy. 20 targets. You got 15 receptions for 200 yards on the dot and three touchdowns. Um, three touchdowns is crazy. You know, you, Christian Kirk with two—that's that's pretty uncommon. When was the last time you saw a wide receiver with three touchdowns in a game? That's just it's a great oh, game. It
1: was the last time, like four weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: But it, you know, it's there wasn't well, like actually all, like two weeks ago. But besides, yeah, I guess he did. He almost had he almost had four receiving touchdowns. I don't know if you. I remember, he had the one uh-huh. that was like a very offensive pass interference that he was going to score another touchdown. No, because he almost had and then he got a touch of possession anyway, so he yeah. would have just got that four anyway. I don't remember anything. Colton has the memory of an elephant. He can remember yes. the chase play pool catch from <laughs> his, Notre, his Notre Dame days. <laughs> yes, elephants never forget. But
1: that was certainly a crazy game there in Cardinals versus Seahawks. We see it go to overtime. Russell Wilson throws, like, a dot, or not Um, uh, D.K. Metcalf, who takes it the entire way down the sideline for a touchdown in overtime, which by overtime rules would have won them that game, but an offensive holding penalty calls it back, so they don't win the game, and then the Cardinals' defense ends up stopping them on an interception from the rookie Isaiah Simmons. Kyler Murray is able to drive them the whole way down the field, and then Zane Gonzalez finishes off the game with a field goal to take and secure the W. Um, it was just a really crazy game. Like, the Seahawks will never be part of it. It's not absurdly close. Like, I feel bad for Seahawks fans. They must have heart palpitations every single Sunday. It, rough stuff. The Seahawks, there they are delivered their first loss of this. And now the last game analyzer of Week 7 is the Monday night game that just finished about minutes ago. Um, the Chicago Bears versus the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams win this one. 24-10. Top performance, we're going to have Khalil Mack four tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss, and a forced fumble. And Eddie Jackson goes nine tackles and then one fumble recovery, which he for a touchdown. Um, Jared Goff goes two touchdowns, and then Leonard Floyd, six tackles, two sacks, and two tackles for loss for him. Um, So, yeah, this was a a game where uh, another one where it's like the Rams were looking a lot more dominant than the score shows here. It's like they won. By a lot more than you would have expected by looking at us like they should have won by more than fourteen. Years. They just really controlled this game the entire time. Nick Foles threw a couple of interceptions. He had no touchdowns. Um not making the brightest of decisions throughout the game. Um they weren't really able to get Allen run um going until later in the game where he caught a forty yard pass, which was actually the Bears' first forty yard pass plus of the entire season. And it was a rough game. It was a rough game. The Bears defense played relatively well for the scenario we in, but so did the Rams. And life was good there for the Rams, who take this one. I, this is a, a scenario where I always, or I always bet for them, they lose, and then I bet against them one time and they end up winning. And this is the same scenario here. I bet against Chicago every week and they win. But then I finally decide that Chicago to win a football game, and they lose. Uh, of course, every time there's a thing like that, uh, it never ceases to, to fail me. Thus far, Chicago and Atlanta, and it's just a big fat pain in my behind. Maybe I'll just start, like, doing what my gut feels and then in the complete opposite, because that seems to be what happens. But, um, yeah, L.A. kind of did Chicago from the very start of this. So that's what there is to this.
0: hmm Um... This is I. This is a game I feel like where you have to make a decision with, like as a coach, you have to make a decision what you want to do as the Bears coach. Like, what do you want to do? Because I feel like they they traded for full, for um for Foles, but he's not gonna win you games at this point. Like, I feel like he can win he can win you games, but he can only win you games against bad teams because he's a very limited quarterback at this point. Um, yes, and I've seen a ton of trade rumors with Fitzmagic, but I don't think that they're gonna trade Fitzmagic. Because Tua still needs a mentor, and if Tua plays subpar, this is their this is their bye week, so they have an extra week to prepare him. Um, but if he if he comes out and he's still still too raw, too raw, and you want to, because they're still in a good position, they can still win the NFC East. Like I don't think they're gonna trade bits. But so like, what quarterback do you trade for? I don't think there's many. But yeah. that's why they paid the big bucks. They have asses, to find, I guess. Wayne Haskins, you could sign Josh Rosen off of the uh, practice squad, but I think he's—I don't think he's much of an upgrade over. You can try, but I don't think he would go. You don't think if, if they promised him the starting job, you don't think well, he'd
1: maybe, go. Well, maybe the starting job. I know, like they promised, he was promised active roster spots, but he passed them up to pick Tampa Bay so he could learn um, behind Tom Brady. Obviously, maybe a starting job would would be a complete
0: change to that, but I don't think mm. this is. Interesting. So this, what web, this website is called, TeamRankings.com, and it's track it tracks like every stat down to um, like the ninth, the one hundredth player at each stat. And I'm just looking at this. Who Juju Smith-Schuster leads the Steelers in targets, but it's three in front of Deontay Johnson. And Deontay Johnson missed all those games. Claypool is not in the top one hundred. surprisingly enough, and James Washington is ninety-seven. He's been targeted twenty-seven times this week. Which is as many times as Denny Amendola, Naheem Hines, Braxton Barrios of the Jets, Aaron Jones, Kenny Galladay. Like, he's not been. Tar- I feel like James Washington needs a more run. James Washington yeah. is the odd man out in the Steelers wide receiver core at this point. I kind of feel bad for the man. Like, he's
1: good, but like, I don't know who I <laughs> run away from. It's like Claypool's having a great season. GGA, obviously, we know what he's capable of doing. And if you yeah. watch the Steelers, you know what Deontay Johnson is capable of seeing some flashes from him of just the amazing work that he's able to do. And I don't know what we take out of this for James Washington, if anybody, right? I mean he has more targets chase Claypool, but like obviously Claypool got the start last week and uh, we'll we'll see how that works, right? And I think he like, will continue to get more targets as team. Like you saw last week, started to double chase Claypool, not that that not that I think that's going to hold up for the rest of the season, but like now the other receivers are starting to get more attention. I think that's where you can see things open up for James Washington a little bit more, but um, <laughs> overall you never really saw Bettsberger have much of a connection. Um, He's and a really the season. Yeah, yeah. The season they played together is was like Washington not a good player. And then Big Ben goes yeah. on his radio show, calls him out. He has a few plays to end off the season and, and then Big Ben's hurt. Right. So Washington comes in and he has a good or er, a solid connection with Mason Rudolph and Hodges towards the end of this leads this team in receiving yards last year. And he was just—he's just has never been a guy that gels with The play styles have kind of don't coincide there with them, and they've just never had much of a strong connection. So I yeah. see where it is. Ben is obviously Ben has with Juju, and we've seen a strong connection with him and Deontay Johnson so far. And We've seen him really take a in ship. He's Claypool, the rookie.
0: So I, he, you know, I don't exactly know who I would think should get the most run, but Eric we'll Ebron. see in
1: the weeks to come.
0: Eric Ebron is like the go-to on third down, like every third down. You got to watch. It's going to be Claypool, or it's going to be Ebron. And then a lot of time, it goes to Ebron. Um, I feel just like Ebron ball. almost drops every ball that's thrown. He's it's like a you. Yeah, you're like your heart stops as he. You yeah, like, like, like he's, he's a, a, a good ball. tight end, but
1: it's like every time the ball, it's like he wobbles. It like he bobbles it. Like it's it's never just like a clean
0: completion there, Ebron. It's just like it wobbles and gets it every time. It's weird. Him and Vance McDonald are like they complement each other well as tight ends. I think. Yes,
1: I would I would agree with you there on that one. Um it's a it's a really good tight end group for there. And one of the bigger reasons why Pittsburgh is the last undefeated team in the National Football
0: League. Oh yeah. Six but and I, zero. Six and zero. and yeah, what are you gonna do now? Tell us that we haven't played anyone good. We should play another undefeated team. Yeah. My you, can't, number one. you can't say that. You could you know, I didn't even have said that. You can't say that I didn't
1: win. I think people are just like, It's Cleveland. Disregard the fact that they're four and, or four and one of them and have one of the best rosters in it. We're like, oh, it's just Cleveland Browns. Oh, we come out here and beat the Tennessee Titans. So you can't tell us we haven't beaten anybody. No, I always Definitely. see the Philadelphia Eagles fan on social media. There's just the one guy. Is you guys? Oh so guy you beat you barely beat the Philadelphia Eagles, you're a bad team, you come out here and beat a bunch of losers and act like you're good. You're the third best team. <laughs> come on bro you're getting ridiculous at this point we beat your league we came out and beat and undefeated to the tennessee titans and you can't even tell me that the t- titans are not a good team so
0: do what you will say what you will but the steelers I hate to say RBC. i hate to say it but i think i'm gonna have to predict the steelers lose two weeks in a row i'm gonna hope really bad but they're playing they're playing baltimore next week
1: and yeah it's, i'm but, gonna
0: predict it I, as well probably <laughs> if the steelers are playing at home i've been saying i think the steelers win at home i think they lose away. And I, I don't know if we're playing at home or not. I'm pretty sure we're playing away that. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but I I think it is away, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say, and the Steelers tend to play better. Like, it's always like the Ravens will win the first matchup. And then at the end of the season, the Steelers are clutch up. And then it's really close for the AFC championship. Like, who's the, the champion? But yeah. the Ravens are really stacked. They've been, like, shrugged off because they lost to the Chiefs. And then Lamar hasn't been passing the ball well. I feel like they're kind of mad, you know. They're ready yeah. for a for a, a comeback game to an extent. So
1: we'll see, we'll see. But honestly, like there's a shot of the Steelers win. The Steelers match up versus the Ravens really well when it comes to obviously they're the number one rushing defense in the league. And when you take away the rush for the Ravens, that's when you've seen some problems with Lamar Jackson's throwing. But then I think Baltimore is a better football team from a talent pers- perspective. And Pittsburgh is a team that generally does not come out of the gates swinging. Um, they did this one surprisingly, surprising, but generally they don't come out of the gates when off to an early lead, which is really what you need to do when versus the Baltimore Ravens. So,
0: Come out of the gates swinging. All right. Um, it is 12.09. On, it's Tuesday now, so that's the same day that you will see this recording. Um, it's, been a good, it's been a good one. Cool and Josh episode 50. 50 more till we reach 100. That uh, is quite a ways Good away. Mind. I don't know how you did that math in your head. I'm just a genius. Um, Pretty much. For, for the loyal people that listen to the show, there's like two that will listen to it no matter what, and then every once in a while there's a few more that will listen to it. So there's the loyal two. We appreciate you. Um, okay. We want you to hit us up on IG, give us some ideas. Maybe you guys want to come on the show. I've been really wanting someone to come on, but no NFL players will respond to my DMs, and... There's been one person that ever since the beginning of the Colton and Joe show, I've been trying to get him to come on the show, but he is um, he has a job and he he is a leader of one of the biggest Steeler Instagram accounts on the gram. And um, but he's really busy with school and he's he's going to college next year, I think. So he wants to do that and he has a job and stuff. So um, hes, he's yeah. he says he'll come on the Colton and Joe show again eventually at some point. And I don't think he's lying to me. I we go way back on. On the Steelers Instagram, but (laughs) at some point that's going to be a thing.
1: Hopefully, hopefully. So, um, yeah, that's what we've got there. Um, This is us in the Joe Show episode 50. And from us at the half century mark, we are officially.